Well, to move back ever so slowly. Okay, so I said I would get to some of the Shailas over the summer little by little. So first let me get back to the bridal shower. Um, there seems to be a you know, widespread, which we knew, and we don't usher things that are widespread unless they really usher. Otherwise, you try to look for coolers. And as I mentioned, the theories definitely was popularized by the Gaim. The question is, were we doing it before or concurrent, in which case it should be mutter anyway, except for the shittas HaGayim who holds. We stop things sometimes when they start doing it, if you recall, the issue with the greenery in shul. And that's only if they're using it in their service, which is not Nagay over here. And then there's the issue, if we did pick it up from them, maybe there's some redeeming qualities. And there were two explanations why it started. For my story, it wasn't that long ago, a couple hundred years. Uh, one was pretty bad, that uh, the uh, young bride wanted to get married and the father didn't want to pay for it because he didn't hold of the, uh, of the match by the guy. So somebody asked me last night, is there a chiv kibbit of aim by Goyim? We spoke about that there in the kibbit of aim shirm. There were shittas a hold. Yes, most hold that it's a mitz chasid. It's a good idea for society, but not an actual chiv. Not in their Zion Mises at a chiv misa, not in their collection of 2025, even if it's not a chiv misa. But it's a good idea, and it's good for society. And if you say there's no chiv by Goyim to listen to the parent on who to marry, then there's no chiv for them to pay for the chasna either. If you're already going by, what's the... <laughs> you can't burn the candle. can't say, no, they heard by the Jews that the father marries her off, so therefore we're not going to listen, we want you to pay. There is no such thing. Uh, that's first of all, so I'm actually glad we got to this. There's not only a chukasayim issue, it's a kibbutz aim issue, and that is the second part of the question. A few people asked was, does there... Uh, seem to be a clear occur that the child has to listen to a parent if they're Jewish. So if you remember from Keep It Up Aim, it's a clear occur that the son doesn't have to listen because he is a chiv to get married and the parents can't stop that. And it's a good idea to get along and try to choose someone who is Shavu Chol Nefesh, but that doesn't always work. And he is a chiv to get married, the mitzvah to get married, all the Rishanim agree because it's a Pasuk. The question, if you recall, was does a lady have... She doesn't have a to get married. No Definitely something they should do. Do they have to listen to parents? There is any more complicated because the whole reason they didn't have to listen, perhaps, is because they're stopping them from doing a mitzvah. Here they have no mitzvah. And if you also remember, uh, the other side of the story was it's not a question of stopping them from doing a mitzvah. It's a question of can they stop a child from doing something which is going to impede their uh, functioning or happiness for the rest of their life. It's like a major decision. They can't tell a girl, we don't want you going to dental school, we want you to be a uh, psychiatrist instead. That, that's something that affects the whole life. That's not under kibbutz or murder. And according to that reason, she wouldn't have to listen either. That was the nafkamina. Nebuchadnezzar shouldn't come up. It should be, it should be a situation if the parents are regular normal, good people who are also asking their own eights if they don't think it's a good idea, they might have more life experience and it's probably not a good idea. So they should listen because it's probably a good idea to listen. So for the bridal shower, the first reason given historically, true or not, I can't vouch for, 
that it was done to support girls who were rebelling against their parents and the parents didn't want to pay, that's not a great reason to copy the minig. The other reason, which I would assume is the Pashem Shah, is you have somebody who's poor and can't afford it, so they wanted to help out. So if that's the reason, then we certainly could do it. And if it's not the reason they had, we could do it for that reason. And therefore, it should be fine. There's another reason also, i discussing it uh, with my children and other family members, and everybody seems to agree, which I knew already, that this seems to be very common. Not everybody's doing it, but very common. And they don't invite the whole town and have a situation where people are walking in with checks. So, and this is good, because then whatever reason you take, it's not really patterned after the original reason. They're not giving money to make the wedding. So I said, what do they do there? He said, well, this is, again, the numbers might change per community mini, but they invite close friends only. There are 10 people there, 15 people there, 20 people there, and they're not writing checks. They're bringing tchotchkelas. How you describe tchotchkelas, I'll leave up to them. I, was, I, I, pulled, I pulled a few people. I just want to know what was going on now. I asked, I asked my daughter. She says, yeah, they bring tchotchkelas. I said, ledugma. Yeah. She says, you know, like monogram towels. I said, that's very important to build a bias now in So, uh, kitchen gadgets, okay. So, uh, no, they're not a chasna kala yet. They do this a week before. So, this is an outgrowth of pasta probably when you used to get married in a little town. So, one person bought, bought the fish and one person bought the main. Good, so then it's to pay for the chasna. So, then we get back to the two reasons. I didn't do an exhaustive search of this, but either they're helping her rebel and make her own wedding or they're helping her pay for the wedding she wants to make anyway. The second reason we hold of. First reason is bad, even if they're not even keep it of aim as Ganyim, or uh, the girls, they do have to listen, don't have to listen, the Machalik is there. But it's none of the above. It seems to be the meaning is they're doing it, and they want to show Chavrashaf, and yes, maybe they'll buy, a, I don't know, what's a common kitchen thing that they're buying now? A mixer, okay. So they're spending, I don't want to talk about numbers over here, but they're spending anywhere between twenty dollars and $120,000 on a Chasna. <laughs> The mix master is not gonna, the kitchen aid is not gonna make it or break it. It's to show friendship. You certainly don't need a monogram. I, I would probably believe your name is Mandel if I didn't see an M on your towel. And it's probably not Makave, they're building a bias name to Israel. It's a nice thing, and the friend wants to get him something. So I don't, it didn't sound like to me that they were doing this to defray the cost. Does it help? Everything helps. But it doesn't sound like that's the original reason why. Mixers help you mix yeah, food ingredients, but uh, how much are... That, like, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So all 15 together, 20, 25. Yeah, how, much, how much are you saving? Good. Okay. So with the towels and the spatula and the mix mess, the, the, so we, we saved $1,000, $2,000. It's money, but uh, I, we're not... Um, everything helps if it's a poor mishpach and they need the help, so every $1,000 counts. But that doesn't seem to be the reason they're doing this. They play games. It's like a yeah, it's a get-together and you bring gifts. Okay, so then that's, uh, that's not chukasayim, if you want to... The reason, if it, if it wasn't being done before they started this, and again, as I mentioned, it's hard to know because in Europe, they weren't doing any of these things because whatever cost money, if it wasn't vital, they, by and large, weren't doing it. So then if we picked up the Goyim, that's already a red flag. I just try and be miyashiv. If it, most people are doing it. Does anybody here have a daughter or sister or, or wife where they didn't do this? The, the, all the people I asked, they said, it's pretty prevalent, but not 100%. There are people, I actually spoke to people who knew people who didn't have one. 
So if it was the Minig Yisrael, everybody should be having one, but you can't answer it based on all the reasons I just mentioned. So in case anybody was getting nervous that I, I didn't bring it up, it was one of the questions that came in. But it's a good question. The person was still holding back, listening to the Chukasim Sharon. So I thought it was a, um, it was a fair question. I think Mikol Hanitame Anal, uh, there's certainly what to rely on. Okay, let's go back to our topic at hand. This came from Naftali Gewurz, who I think is on my screen. Naftali, you there? Uh, yes, okay. He is on my screen. From Passaic. Okay. Actually, he comes here uh, once in a while for Eschar Halicha. So, um, uh, instead of coming this week, you send in the Shaila. So, let's read the two points. The topic of feeding animals human food. Can't remember who. Wasn't there a godl who gave milk to a cat? There was such a story floating around. We don't know if it's... Uh, how accurate it was Rabbi Leo Lapian, I think you're referring to. And... There are a lot of cats in Eretz Yisrael. Let's start off with that. In Eretz Yisrael, so... It's an understatement, yes. A lot of, I don't want to, you know, the shrach of Eretz Yisrael uh, is, I think, the British probably brought them to get rid of the mice, so um, that's good for the Jews and the Brits. So we have no problem with that. If you remember in Eretz Yisrael, there's so many cats, they're all very thin. They look like they need a good meal or some milk. So there's an English Tsar Baal Chaim, so, is it wise to give food or milk to a stray cat in Eitz Yisrael? There's a different shmooze. There's not a kasha on this maisa. Can't ask a kasha on maisa. I'm not sure what happened to the maisa. But if this god was trying to display to Tamidim or himself the midas arachamim to a thin cat who's meowing all the time because they don't have any milk, he gives him some milk, that would not be a problem, even though Rav Huna says, Kasavar. Kamara says, Kasavra ain machil and machaladam machabahema, and milk is a machaladam. Before we get to the various heterim, the heter probably would be if the cat is suffering. Sabah the chaim. No, when we get to, first we're, we're in the first few Mabakam is trying to figure out what the Yisr is, but when we get to the Terim, they vary depending on what your achrayas is to the animal. Remember, you can't eat before you feed your pet. And what happens if you don't have any pet food? And you say you can't eat? Um, we'll see. Some of them say you're potter and you can eat because you can't give them human food because that's also So you're potter. And others say, no, it's not al And you can give them human food if you have nothing else. That's going to be one of the angles. This cat in this alleged story with this guggle wasn't, the cat didn't belong to the guggle. Still, it's a display. I don't think we'd have an issue with that. And, this milk, I'm sure, was from a bag of tenuva that was processed already. It wasn't like the cow was in pain anyway and had to get some milk uh, and give it to a cow. It sounds like he took milk that was already bought for processed and bought for humans and, and gave some. Number two, there's a zoo. This we actually did bring up. It's a zoo that sells popcorn and nuts for the visitors to feed the animals. So would that be considered human food? We brought that up, and many of you said they're giving pellets of all sorts of grains, which are not, that's fine. And somebody told me that they, was it somebody here? They gave out pellets in a cone. I said, a cone? What type of cone? He says, an ice cream cone. Is that a sugar one or a cardboard one? You know, the, it's not cardboard, but the really bad tasting one. That's not Michael Adam, by the way, even though they put uh, things in there. So uh, he said, he didn't check, but he said, my daughter likes the cardboard ones. So I guess it is Michael Adam. So why'd they do that? I don't know, shtick. Well, I don't know what these pellets are. What? Put it in the cone because the, the kids don't want to put, put their hands by the mouth. 
Yeah. yeah. See, I hold the cone. How about a... They can't put a paper cone or a plastic cone because the goats eat, the, eat anything. Well, if they eat anything, they're going to start eating the cone in your hands. If I think going to touch right. their... At least you can, like, you know, hold it to the bottom. Okay. Okay, so you've heard of this. Is giving the cone. Okay, so putting animal food in the cone because animal food's for the dinner of our and the cone is to, so the kids want to come back. And if they use a cardboard cone, I would tell you that's pretty with the program because it's not really Michael Adam, but that's my subjective opinion. What? Once the animal food goes in the cone, I don't think it's a Michael Adam anymore. I don't know how bad it is. I don't know why don't they put in these pellets, but anyway, so that's the Shaila. Here's popcorn and nuts. Now, you could tie know that popcorn is not really Michael Adam. That sounds un-American. Uh, uh, you could buy trafe. Uh, well, you're not really doing business with it, but you are. You're feeding the animals. That would be a shy itself. But if it's only trafe midalbonon, it's going to be mutter. It's only trafe baraisa. That's an isadusheira. And the popcorn, unless they're using really chaza trafe oil, crackers also. It's probably not going to be trafe. It's not going to be trafe midalbonon. So What's that? That's if you, we, we actually, four years ago, we had that, and it's not so partial. It's a shachma. Whether you can buy for your workers, which is commonly done today to get workers to stay in for a coffee yeah, break, they're offering. Than a dog. Well, yeah, because the workers are helping you process the things, but yeah, it's not so. We're gonna, actually going to get to it in the Marmot Chemistry you have in front of you, so hold, hold the thought. What? You are, there might be an Indian to give an avail, but that's an avail that happened by happenstance. But it's a mitzvah, right? It's uh, uh, it's an Indian. We'll get to it. Well, give me uh, two weeks. It's in, this, it's in this set. So, popcorn, I don't know. Was popcorn supposed to be my chalodom? We made it into my chalodom. I don't know what. Uh, popcorn is like a very American thing. They ate it for breakfast. They, they, they were early settlers in America because you didn't have to grind it. And make they popped it first. You just pop it and eat it, yeah. It Does a, it have any nutritional value? What's the same as popcorn bags? What is it? Why not? Whole grain. Okay. Uh, yeah. The real corn. This is all very American. Okay. So assuming it's Michael Adam, I just want do they feed this stuff? You were telling me about corn. Tzaddik, uh, after the Shia, was saying that corn uh, is now in such abundance, they keep making the high fructose, and all this came from the fact we have a lot of corn from the paying of the farmers in the Great Depression. So uh, corn wasn't, uh, wasn't in existence around the world till America started uh, growing it and marketing it either. Would anybody have figured that corn was a Michael Adam? No, Indians What? The Indians grew. Were they eating it or were they feeding it to the horse? They were eating it themselves. Yeah, all the maize. That's, that's the okay. One of the corn that's grown in Okay, so there might be different strains of corn. Okay, so you have to check. I'm just trying to eke out a cool over here why this might be mutter. Uh, Pashas is this Michael Adam, but maybe you can argue that it's borderline. Nuts, uh, it's a chiddush to me. Animals eat nuts. That's uh, okay. So nuts are Michael Adam, and they're an expensive one at that. So that's a problem. I would. Macadamians are expensive. So why do they feed them? You could buy at the store? I, I, we got to go on a few trips in this. We have a backlog already for like 10 years. Um, when we go to the petting zoo, they sell nuts in a bag to feed to the animals? Uh, what? You seem to be with the cones. Uh, why his feet doesn't like Why? Oh. Oh, you mean you'll start suing them because he gave the donkey an allergy? No, no. Uh, got, the kids, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for the kids, it's serious. How do the animals have these things? See, okay, nuts is Michael Adam. I don't know. But it's, it's, I, would, I would stick with the pellets and the 
cardboard uh, cones, and uh, I think you're in better shape. What? That's what this sugi is all about. You just uh, you were running a day late to this man, so uh, hold your horses. That's a bad thing to say in this sugi, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get there. It's a shame. Let's go back to the Minchas Asher in front of you, which is your double-sided copy. We were discussing last night the fact, based on the first Marmakum, that Rav Huna threw, instructed the shamas to throw everything in the river, and he was doing that to keep the incentive for the vendors to come and sell their vegetables, the covered Shabbos, there should be ample supply. And Rashi said it wasn't a total waste because the people downstream were getting it, maybe, sometimes, often, not all the time, so we don't have the problem of taking away their incentive to buy things. And the fact is that the Gemara didn't consider that Bizayin Eichlin, as I mentioned last night, to my surprise, throwing something overboard, something you wanted to tie that we Americans don't identify with streams or oceans as a source of anything. So, therefore, we have a rough time with it. That was your shot. It's not such a Bizayin because people eat things uh, in those times out of the water. Okay, so the Shaila is, is there ever a heter with this economic incentive that Rafun is discussing? Is there a heter to keep the prices up for price control to burn corn, wheat, slaughter cattle, just to keep, which is what they were doing by the millions in the Great Depression. As we mentioned, the complaint to the poor people is that people that are hungry, really hungry, how people died is irrelevant. There was malnutrition going on, and uh, it went all the way up to the war. They, people enlisted, and they were still had vitamin deficiencies because of the hunger years. And they uh, decided... FDR, the administration, whoever was in charge of the economy, decided that it was better to, more important, to heal the economy. They did, I don't want to say complete Lashon Hara, they, they did take millions and millions of bushels and redistribute to the poor. And then the farmers complained that you're trying to keep the price. Okay, but that's always going to be a machlokis. But with all that, they burnt a lot of stuff and left a lot of stuff in the streets, a lot of stuff on the vines, and it was wasted. That's real baltashchis, especially if you do be a dayim. So is that mutter for price control? And this shayla is the shayla that Menchus Asher is dealing with because it's done by governments today as well. Not as much, but it's still done. I think somebody was telling me here last night they take it out by the boatload and sink it. Yeah, that's uh, pretty wild. We're talking, about, we're talking about a lot of food and they're sinking it in the ocean to uh, keep the prices up. Because it's all a question of getting it to where the poor are. No one's screaming that in this country. They have plenty of federal programs, and, um, and whoever needs the food gets the food, but uh, you've got to get it to Africa. Okay? That's the problem. So that was the Shaila. Let's go to Shaila again. And this is It's going to affect their Parnassa. And he says in the back, we're only talking about baltashkas over here, it'd be better to give it to poor people, but if they feel that that won't do the trick of the price control, they're obviously not interested in doing that, which is why they're sinking it and uh, burning it and the like. So, of course, he starts with the only Gemara that speaks about this, and that's our Gemara. At the end of the day, and things left over, and these are gardeners who didn't have such a great supply, and it was a schlep for them to come in and want to give them the incentive. He would be instructed to buy it up 
bite all up. Veshadi lelara, throw it in the river. They should continue to make a handsome profit to have the incentive. And we need to keep the supply for Shabbos. As I mentioned at the beginning, he didn't do this on Tuesday. Why not? So Rashi says over Shabbos it would wither. Tuesday to Wednesday morning, maybe it wouldn't. That doesn't answer the whole thing because then Wednesday morning it's pretty half withered. They didn't sell it, so why did he buy it Wednesday? So the focus, the way Rashi explains it, is for Kavit Shabbos. Not a general economic solution. If they don't come Wednesday, it's not worth it for them. He wasn't concerned. The only problem is, if it doesn't come Wednesday, it's not worth it, then he's not going to come Erev Shabbos either. So the answer is, you can't buy up the supply every single day. Nobody can afford that. Okay. They know, they know that people are buying more Shabbos anyway. So the, the real historical answer probably is they didn't come Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They didn't have shops open every single day. They had a Yom HaShuk, and they came Arab Shabbos, maybe. Uh, so they wanted to sell their stuff also. So they didn't have to prop up the whole... They didn't need that much of an incentive. Just Arab Shabbos, it gets people busy, and you have to go back home. We want to make sure at least Arab Shabbos, they make good sales. That's the Pshat. Is there, is there yeah. a to be made from the fact that no, he's not going to go himself. Who knows the Shiva? He's not no, going to start uh, dealing with all the stands. But it with say uh, he sent his guy. He says he just sent someone. So no, no, he said he sent the shaman. He sent the shlucha. He sent the shlich special a for. Shlucha, uh, but is it is it the same guy every week, or he sends a different? What difference does it make? Because if if from the perception of the the buyers, they're there. Oh, I hear what you're saying. You're saying, oh, what a coincidence! Yeah. Every week, some other guy shows. No, he wasn't trying to hide it. I think Fakir. He was trying to let him know. Don't worry about it. Bring your stuff. Bring your nice stuff. We want to be Mechab Shabbos. I don't think he was trying to hide it. I'm, I'm so sure he didn't pay them full price. For I that. hope not, because then they would probably take a nap for seven hours, and then at four o'clock, well, yeah, okay. This is the problem we're struggling with now. How much incentive do you give, and how much do you give at such point in time when you're finished giving, there's no incentive to do anything? Which, without getting political, is a big problem, as we have discussed. Uh, it's, it's easier to stay home and as we sit here factory owners are complaining across the spectrum Democrats, Republicans Democrats say it lower but uh, it's a problem, you can't get people to come to work now if a guy's making a serious salary, what the government's handing out is not going to help it, he wants to go to work but the people who are not making that much more, that's a problem so that's what this Gemara is dealing with this is the only Gemara shots that really the other Gemara is to talk about some sort of price controls with with produce, and uh, so he's about that in, uh, in Ezernesh and other places, but here it's his mom is sending somebody to take care of the problem and make sure it gets done. The focus is not the economy as much as it is the Cub of Chavez. That's what I'm trying to point out. But yes, it's, uh, it's always going to be somewhat of a balancing act. So, it sounds like from the Gemara, there's no problem dumping in the river to keep the incentive. As we saw the last two days, I will mention a very important aspect of this Rashi. He's not going to get into this, but it's the way he's quoting it. Rashi's giving you a backdrop of the story that it didn't all go to waste. It's not total baltash, it's the people waiting downstream. There are those that say, remember Rashi introduced this whole issue of not feeding to the animals, which would have been the best option, as either being bayit in the bracha of Hashem, you're showing disregard for Hashem's food, 
or some form of Baal which we'll have to get back to of Hashem is chas she is And then Rashi tells over at the end of the Gemara, by the way, they threw it in the river and people downstream were picking it up. Is that shot going on the second explanation or also on the first? Tell you the truth, I thought as double pushed, I still think, I'm still leaning this way, that he's not commenting on which reason it's also to feed the animals. He's just commenting on however bad it is to feed the animals. Why is it worse than Baltashkis? The answer is it wasn't total Baltashkis. It's going on whatever shot you take in the Bizarian Eichlin. I'm mentioning, and he's just going to deal with the aspect of Rashi, where Rashi's saying that, uh, that we're trying to take care of the Baltashkis on some level. I'll show you as we get into the Sugya further that it's not even clear Rashi was trying to address the, uh, the choice between the animal and the Baltashkis per se. And I'll explain what that means later. Right now, for our purposes, uh, Rashi's clearly trying to answer that it shouldn't be Baltashkis completely. Uh, because that would be far worse. After Mestaber, next page. Flip side. Even with Rashi, there's still some loss of these vegetables, either because not all lettuce floats or not all carrots floats, or the baskets didn't work that well. And you're still losing something. And he was trying to ensure some recovery. Because here they're burning everything. As he says in the Shaila. Or they're dumping it in the river and they're not retrieving anything. As the Gemara said. This is from Yaakov Hamden. Meaning, if you don't take this Rashi shot or you hold Rashi's only saying it in the second shot, otherwise you have a kasha. That's why I mentioned what I mentioned before. Why is the Yavit saying that it's going to but Rashi just said it wasn't going to but So the Shiloh, whether Rashi only meant that in one shot in the Gemara, and that's not the standard shot. So he said, the Pash shot in the Gemara might be a Tzadach Le'ibud, Mikamakam Lechashin Le'isurda Baltashis. The Yavit says, Pash shot in the Gemara is, it's not Baltashis because there's an economic need or an incentive for the Kabbat Shabbos. That's why I keep saying over here is a local Shabbos din. The Shail over here in the economy is it a good enough reason? Because a need is a need, and the economic need is a need if they assess that there is a great need. On the other hand, it's not a Pasha Daraya. He said, the reason why this Gemara is not such a great Raya is because it's 4 o'clock and the guys are packing up their stand and they're going home. So they didn't sell 20% of the Yerik. So it's going to be wasted anyway because there's no refrigeration and Shabbos is going to wither. So now you're taking something you wouldn't waste it anyway you're throwing it down the river? No, no. So what? And you paid for it in between. That, that's your call for cover shot. But throwing down the river is not a problem. Rashi is making a lesser problem. Maybe I can have said it. It's not a problem anyway. Why is that Baltashkis? This is similar to the heter I told you was coming, which we didn't get to yet. Rabbi Yashar says, we hope there's a heter when you throw out gallons and gallons of drink and uh, tons of food. The chasna is because the Board of Health doesn't allow to be served. It's all going to waste anyway, so you might as well throw it out, which is a pretty... Uh, good tariffs for the uh, Sugi in America in general. The Shail is, is, is it as simple as that? Well, Yasha did mean, therefore, you should try to cut back. But my recommendation is really saying that, uh, yes, they did it because it's Hayluch but anyway, and he's doing the Kabbat Shabbos. I recommend didn't mention the Hayluch but a bunch of is pointing out it was Hayluch but anyway. 
these uh, vegetables were marked for, for death. So what difference does it make? You throw it in the river. Here we're talking about taking good watermelons, bananas, and, and grain, and, and animals, and killing them, and um, throwing them into rivers and burning them. That's active baltashchis. So what I mentioned last night, it's not a perfect fit to Raya. Lamaisa, all governments do it. We assume the there is. If there's really a bona fide need, even to do active baltashchis on something that wouldn't have been ruined anyway, then l'chaira, that's not baltashchis. So the svar is still going to stick. I'm just mentioning that I don't want to accuse governments of any private partisan interests. I would never accuse anybody of that. You know me. I would never dare accuse no political system, uh, you know, it's perfect, but the Be'etzem, they're all the Shem Shemayim, we hope. But it's a little dangerous because, especially if they're doing this in Yisrael, the farmers in Yisrael, how do I say this delicately, um, the original Chalutzim in the uh, 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s were very, the were very powerful as all the kibbutzniks, all the farms. There was really an agricultural-based society. And when we get back to the Heta Mechira, which you still have to talk about with our trees, our, our fruit-bearing trees and selling land in Eitz Yisrael, they were, you wouldn't recognize us now if you were born recently, you look at Eitz Yisrael as an economic startup powerhouse, you wouldn't think of tomatoes necessarily, even though they grow delicious tomatoes, because it's not true anymore, which is why the Heta Mechira is that much more schwach. But for decades and decades and decades, that was the mainstay of the economy of the country and that tremendous political clout. So they're always demanding, as the farmers do in this country, in any country, they're always demanding we want more protection, and the government's trying to have some sort of price control, and they're trying to balance it. And uh, despite my disclaimer, not making any accusations, usually politicians are somewhat subservient to uh, private interests of political groups. And the Histadrut and the farmers at HSR used to be very powerful. They're not so powerful anymore because everybody knows the thing that makes money at HSR is high tech and arms sales and beefing up uh, F-16s and the like. That's where the big money is. And drones, you know, all the same types of things. Uh, tomatoes still make money, and uh, Costco keeps buying them, I know, because everybody calls me with a Shiloh, what do I do with this? Uh, so they're still selling them, but it's not the mainstay. So why are they doing it? Uh, politically, it's a holdover. You need some control, and you do need some control. Butter, milk, you can't let them charge too much. It's a balancing act, but if it's inviting Baltashkas Biyadayim, you better have a very good excuse that somebody is going to go bankrupt, it's going to create havoc in the economy if you don't do this. Not just because somebody wants to make more money and prop up the price a few pennies higher. And that's a little dangerous because I'm sure that's happening. It's not a perfect science. So you have to keep that in mind. With the two minutes we have, let's go to the next mile. Welcome. We're now up to page two. And... This next Ma'amakum is going to mention the concept of not using food that's Royalachila for medicines and for soaps, detergents, and the like, which is a similar problem. You can't feed it to an animal. You'll say, well, maybe it's only bizarre if you feed it to an animal, just like it's not a bizarre to throw it in the river. Here, you're using it for an application. But there will be rayas here in Tesis and Shochanara that you can't take a regular food if you have options and use it as a medicine detergent, soap, or anything like that, if you had other options of synthetic uh, benefit and you decide to use a food instead. This is quite common, the Shiloh. There's a lot of foods in these applications. 
in America, the shy is a little bit lighter because they have so much surplus stuff that either they're burning it or they figured out how to use it in this application, so it's going to be less of a shyla. And so lemon juice and vinegar as a house cleaning agents. Yes. If you were, that's a great example. If you were at home and your wife goes over the shelf and she has Windex, which has no lemon juice, to my knowledge, and she says, you know what, we got to protect the ozone layer. Your wife's not going to say this. But uh, she's too young to even remember what the ozone layer was about when they, before they realized it was wrong, the whole hype and hysteria. Uh, but um, she says, you know, protect the ozone layer. Let's use something natural. Do you have any lemons? So that would be also Because the Windex does at least as good a job, and you decided you want to use lemons. Well, some people don't like the chemicals around that's why I pick Windex. Uh, easy off, I would put a mask on. If you have a mask at home, do you ever see a mask? Yeah. You have a supply? Okay, so easy off, I, I uh, would put on a mask. I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. He was asking me about cashing something, cleaning something. I said, use easy off and put on a mask. Putting on a mask is not part of the passing of the Shilas. That was just at 8, so I uh, He said, put on a mask. I said, are you sure to masks? He said, no, no, I have plenty of masks. I just never, I said, you don't want to breathe that stuff in. Windex? I don't know. I don't know exactly what's in there, but it's not too, ammonia. not too what ammonia. So, uh, is there any? Uh, not very healthy. Not very healthy. If you feed a thousand Windex to a rat, it's probably not healthy. If you just spray it on the table, you be that most people are cleaning up. Uh, they're using Windex, no? Not the many. <laughs> okay. Is there something unhealthy about it? Something unhealthy? Then lemons would what? Like for example. Uh, Dishwashers people have, right? right. To, to uh, remove the hard water right. deposits, you right. have to use something like vinegar. Okay, but if vinegar is the thing to use and nothing else does a great job, but the other stuff is very unhealthy for your dishes, then it's, that it will be mutter. I'm sure someone sells something that... No, there, there are, there are other... Okay, so that's what this next Gemara is going to be about, and Amit Hashem, until next week, try to spare the Windex a little bit. Don't go too heavy on it. Have a good Shabbos.